Crowhill here. Today we review a raspberry ale and discuss polarization. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. Good evening, Pigweed. Mm, good evening, Crowhill. What's on your mind today? Well, I heard, I was listening to the uh, Five Man Electrical Band. Is that what it's called? Electric Band? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Canadian band. Sign, sign, everywhere. Sign. <laughs> yes. Came up the other day and it reminded me of our very first show. Blocking up the scenery, breaking my mind. Yes, yeah. and I was uh, a young man, not old enough to be a hippie because I didn't know that Woodstock or Vietnam was going on, so that means that you're not old enough to be a hippie. Yeah. But I admired that spirit of, of sign, sign, you know. Why is it? Well, everywhere I look, there's government and rules and... Everybody telling me what to do. Everybody telling me what to do. It's like, mm -hmm. get the government off my back, man. I'm into freedom and the free speech and liberty and right. this is what it means to be a hippie. Right. And I'm like, that's me. I'm one of them liberals. Look at me. And then, over the years, I feel like I'm standing in the same place and uh, now I'm a conservative. And isn't it funny how the left are the ones behind speech codes... And have speech codes, all this, all those hippies, they went on to form HOAs, right. join the government, and create the nanny state. Yes. Jeez, all right, I'm getting all worked up here. Okay, all right, so uh, there we go. But I'm coming back to that. All right, so what do we have here? What do is we have? Otto's Orchard okay. Raspberry Ale from Antietam Brewery. Mm -hmm. I'm getting some fruity notes and not the kind of uh, kind that come from... Esters or hops. This no, is this, this is this is actually yeah. raspberry. This is definitely yeah. some raspberry. Yeah, I think it's a. Um, it doesn't make it clear on the can, but I think this is a relatively strong wheat beer with uh, with raspberry added to it. It's got yeah, a little bit of that it's, taste. It's in a sixteen and a half. Of course, the IBUs are barely there at all, which you'd expect also. Mm. Now, do you think they very use pleasant raspberry flavor? A uh, an additive. A puree, or I think they're just taking real raspberries and filling them. Where would you do? What would you do that in the mash? It says no artificial flavors, okay, so I'm well, assuming that. that they're actually using raspberries. And I would guess, if I were to, boil, do it, I wouldn't put it in the boil. I might um, sanitize it and put it in uh, maybe halfway through fermentation. All right, all the way at the end. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. because I don't think you don't want to boil it. Yeah, and uh, you do want to sanitize it, but mm -hmm. you don't um, you don't want to break up all those chemicals that are making those good flavors in the boil. Yeah. So I, I I would do it that way, but I'm not sure. I don't do a whole lot of fruit flavors. Yeah, I don't. Beers. I don't either. Um, so I like them, this is but, Antietam. Yeah. Which uh, it's I guess it's, it's in Pennsylvania. Oh, it's in Maryland. All right. Come on, Civil War guy. You know Antietam. Yeah, it's a. Uh, what does it say here? The little scavenging for food. Oh, the Otto family. Okay, so Otto's Orchard. I see. They sought Otto's refuge. Orchard when we went when we went to Antietam and looked at the battlefield. Right. Otto's Orchard was you're one of the. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That makes sense. Okay, so it's uh, it's delightful. Delightful summer. It's, a, it's beer. a very nice summery kind of a beer with a, and it's it's a little sweet. So if you're one of those one of those uh, people who would like. Doesn't really like beer. This might be a good one to try. Yeah, if you're a wine cooler drinker. There you yeah. go. Yeah, if you're a get, wine get, cooler, get yourself an ale. Get one of these and give it a try. So polarization. Um, you know, when I was thinking about polarization, I was wondering whether there are different kinds of polarization. 
So broadly speaking, what we're talking about is people are saying that the right and the left are getting farther and farther away from each other. Right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. So there's ideological polarization where the positions that are held by two different groups diverge farther and farther. But then there's also affective polarization, affective with an A, where you dislike and distrust people on the other side. Right. And those are two different types of polarization, yeah. and I think both of them are going on. Okay, let's do the first one first. Yeah, so... Okay. And so, the first came to my... Not came to my attention, but this this little cartoony graphic came to my attention. It was... Uh, Elon Musk tweeted it. Was, it was, right? I don't know yeah. where it, come, it comes from, somewhere else. And uh, here, let's do our best to explain what's going <laughs> on here. So there's a, there's a left-to-right line, and it says left, center, right, with a, some stick figures on it. And this is the year 2008. Uh, 2008. So the me guy is standing there left of center. His fellow liberal is, you know, off bit, to the left a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. And then the guy on the right is on the right. He's, and his name is conservative. Right. That's 2008. Then 2012, you see a little dust cloud, and the <laughs> my fellow liberal is running to the left. Look, as fast as he can. Yeah. And that leaves the me guy uh, much closer to the center, because as the left guy runs farther to the left, then the, 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 the graph changes and center moves. Moves. So he is... He was left of center. Now he's just slightly, just barely slightly left of center. And the conservative yeah. standing right where he always was. Yes. Now in 2021, the, the the me guy is standing because the graph has gone stretched so wide. Yeah. That the guy on the left is almost off the page, leaving the me guy all of a sudden going. How did I get to be right of center? But there he is. So the, the guy on the left is is way farther to the left, and now it says woke progressive, and has a little one of those little cartoon things. He's yelling, calling everybody a bigot. So he's looking back at what used to be his fellow liberal. Yeah, and now he calls him a bigot, and the conservative is standing right where he always was, saying hello. He, he's well. laughing. Yes. Um, uh, now the question is: Is this is this fair? Is this accurate? And to some extent, I definitely believe that the left has parts of the left have gone on a mad dash. Okay, to, well, that's a, good, that's a good point. So I would say the bulk of the left is still this me guy. Mm -hmm. But the people who are driving the, the, the party, who are driving politics, yes. are, is, are the, is, is this small group of Wokies way out here to the left. So the point of the thing is that when they go, that when, that when some moderate or, or, or leftist would say, well, you know... With the right and the left just running fast in opposite directions, that's how we got this polarization gap. Easy. I pretty much, I'm pretty sure that just like I was used to be the sign, sign everywhere, signed liberal who didn't move that far, the the spectrum changed underneath of my feet. Yeah, and and there there is the problem of the the extremes controlling the narrative. Yeah. Right. So when you have the people who are who are way off to one side, either right or left, controlling the narrative, and that redefines what left and right means, and therefore redefines what center means. Right, but give me some examples. Like uh, I can give you some plenty of examples about how the the left is run sprinting off to the left. What topics? And I'm willing to go all the way back to the '90s. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to a Bill Clinton 
Democrat, a Bill Clinton liberal, 1992. Is that about right? So Bill Clinton was against immigration. He wanted the immigration reform. He wanted to clamp down on immigration. A lot of the things that Bill Clinton said would be called racist nowadays by the left. Yeah. yeah. And the, the position of the right has, it, since then, I'm not talking about just since 2008. I'm talking about since 1992. Where has the right gone massively to the right? Because even on issues like gay marriage, which they were probably uniformly against, mm -hmm. eh, you probably, I don't know, probably 50-50, abortion, probably very much, the, 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 the right has moved to the left on critical issues. Gun control, Second Amendment, same. I'm, I'm not sure what topic you could point to to say, wow, the right has really moved to the right on this, uh, on this matter. Hmm. In the last 20 years. So when, when I was looking up what are the polarizing issues, the top polarizing issues, the four that were identified okay, in this one article, uh, climate change, right. environmentalism, gun policy, and military strength. Those were listed as like the four most polarizing issues. Oh, 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 can you just put gender slash trans on there <laughs> just for, because sure. there's no way that that's not. I don't know how that didn't make the list. Well, it was it was a liberal site that I was reading. But the um, climate change, has the right changed on climate change? Since right. uh, I don't think no. so. Has the right changed on environmentalism? No, uh, I, mean, they, they, I mean, general skepticism towards envir environmentalism has been pretty yeah. Pretty consistent. Yeah, the EPA was, uh, was a Richard Nixon project. Yeah, gun policy. The... The um, the right has been pretty faithful Second Amendment supporters for as long as I remember. Uh, if you're saying the Second Amendment is a real thing and it's important, where can you go to the right of that? Everybody has to have a gun. We should. I mean, what right? What, what would what would be moving to the right of just the position of we people have a right to uh, that that there should be no restrictions on anybody for any reason? I guess that would be. But I don't see anybody really taking that position. Well, you do. You do have the increase since that time. You do have the increase of concealed carry in some areas. So that yeah. may, that maybe that is a, a move uh -huh. to the right a little bit. Yeah. Um, how about military strength? Well, I mean the the pro military conservatism has been there since forever. You know when when has the right not been in favor of a strong military? So in okay, so that's a, that's an interesting question. Now so I've heard some people say that Ronald Reagan, who is sort of a classic hero of the of the right, that Ronald Reagan couldn't win in a modern Republican primary. Now, hmm. is that do you, is that really true? Can you think of anything that Reagan said that would turn him off to the modern Republican Party? Not really, because he was the. Government is the pr problem, not the solution. Yeah. And it was already there. Yeah. I'm having a hard time thinking of something that Reagan But how about, said. That? How about this? How about the other two heroes? How about the two heroes of the left, uh, JFK and MLK? Well, JFK was uh, pro-life. He was pro-military. Yeah. Um, he, he was, was anti-communist. Yeah, right. He was uh, uh, lower taxes. Right. Exactly. He lowered taxes mm -hmm. in order to help you. So JFK certainly would not pass muster in the modern Democratic Party. No, he wouldn't see ever. Leaving aside, I mean, even if you forget all this crazy trans nonsense, he was, JFK would 
probably run as a Republican today. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And does... Martin Luther King, uh, very conservative. You know, this is another thing that Thomas Sowell likes to point out. And, and all about the colorblindness, which flies yeah. right in the face of all the of all of the races, everything. You must always look at race all the time, which is only about five years old. Yeah, he would never fit into that. No. And as Thomas Sowell likes to point out, black culture was very conservative then because it had to be. And Martin Luther King was much more conservative than uh, modern people who like to like to stand with him. So I guess, I guess my question, my, my reaction to that chart is I certainly see how that fits with certain individuals. You know, somebody like, um, you take Bill Maher and he, he He's claims. He's that guy standing in the middle going, how did I, how did I end up on Fox News twice a week? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? So there, there are, and there are a lot of people, there are a lot of podcasters nowadays who used to be on the left. And now they're saying, well, I guess I'm really on the right now because the left has moved so far in the other direction. Yeah. They, they would say that they're classical liberals, yeah. but they're not uh, classical liberals who believe in things like free speech and uh, the rule of law and you know, other kind of basic things. And they're seeing the erosion of that on the wacky political left today. Right. I, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, so imagine there's a couple. But they're very similar, and they have similar tastes and values, and that's why they got married. Right. right? And they were into uh, hiking and backyard barbecues and romantic comedies and, you know, whatever their, their, their common themes were. And then in short order, she becomes a vegan and dyes her hair green and quits hiking so that she can go to Pilates classes and only watches horror flicks. And then says to him, well, honey, we've really grown far apart over these years, and I don't think this is working anymore. Mm -hmm. He's going to be like, whoa. I'm the guy you married. What, what do you mean? We've grown far apart, right? Yeah. With the idea that we've both chosen different paths on this thing. No, not really. Just one of us has. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I'm seeing this, the, the characterization of the polarization. So let me, let me take a, a different tack on that because I agree with what you're saying. But I think the, the counter argument would be that people have to change with the times. That the times change and, and, you know, the, the way you're going to live in the world changes and some people adapt and adjust and develop and other people don't. Right. So you, you can imagine a couple. And, then, during, and during the time he's like, I don't need the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. She's like, oh, forget, forget forget cable here. He goes, nope, three nope. channels is plenty of them. <laughs> yeah, for, forget the cell phone. Right. So, so you can see a situation where the one guy really did, he was, is the same guy, but... But to a certain detriment. Yes, but, yeah, yeah. but, you know, to some extent, you really should have grown up and, and changed over time. So I can see that side of I it get as you. well. Yep. Yeah, no, that's fair. Now, let me, let me give you a couple of statistics here that I thought were kind of interesting. From 1994 to 2014, yeah. the share of Americans who expressed either consistently liberal or consistently conservative opinions doubled from 10% to 21%. Okay. So that would imply that... People have become a little more uh, strident in their in their uh -huh. positions, right? In 1994, the average Republican was more conservative than 70 percent of Democrats. In 2014, the average Republican was more conservative than 94 percent of Democrats. And then the same thing goes the other way: the average Democrat was more liberal than 64 percent well, of Republicans. Well, okay, yes, uh, that's very good. Let's let's talk about the idea of 
the liberal Republican and the conservative Democrat. Yeah, they've pretty much gone away. They really have, right? Yeah. And the question, why is that? Yeah. One potential reason is gerrymandering. Uh, is because okay. as you as you create seats that are safe for a particular party, then you're going to emphasize the the more doctrinaire extreme positions. <laughs> now, it's funny. Is both both parties act like uh, gerrymandering is the is the evil intention of the opposite party, and they both do it. <laughs> they both do it totally, right? And they both kind of agree to it. They're like. All right, look, this, all of this running, uh, let's just, I'll give you your safe seat, you give me my safe seat, and mm-hmm. then we'll just divide this up and we'll, we'll have our own districts forever and we won't have to spend so much money. Uh, we, we live in one of the worst gerrymandered states in the oh, country. It's yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. So among Republicans, 39% said the federal government has too much power in 2002. In 2016, 82% said of that. And then among Democrats, 32% were favorable to Cuba in 2002. In 2017, 66%. So both sides, <laughs> both sides have moved into more, uh, strident doctrinaire, uh, you know, liberal conservative positions. I guess the question in my mind is what's causing this? Yeah. Um, well, you know, in, in, if you look at the graphic, believe in the graphic, it is that leftist ideas that were considered extreme went from extreme to on the left to mainstream. Yeah. Now, one you thing say, I... Like, like, like this, this, this Cuba idea, you know, right? So we almost uh, had World War Three over trying to stop communist Cuba, and now, well, got the Michael Moores of the world going... Not a bad place. Yeah. We could use some of that here. One thing I just realized about what the statistics I just read is that they aren't claiming that the left or the right has moved farther left or the right in terms of, in terms of their extreme positions. What they're saying is that, is that more people are, it's becoming lumpier, right? Yeah. Okay. It's, you're getting, yeah. you're getting more of a bifurcated distribution. So where in the past, you had more diversity on the right and on the left. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting more uniformity on the right and on the left. But that's a separate question from whether they've moved farther to the right or to the left, right? So okay, that's better. That makes that makes more sense. It's getting yes, yeah, getting clumpier and yes. not more, not necessarily more extreme. Like you a, could, idea like the right. So it wasn't that long ago that accusing someone of being a socialist was, you know, you were ruining their careers, and now you people going, yeah. Okay, yeah. fine, they're a socialist, whatever. Yeah, so I think both things could be true, that Republicans are becoming more unified in their ideology, and Democrats are becoming unified, more unified in their ideology. Those things could both be true, and it could still also be true that the left is moving farther and farther to the left, and that's clearly what we see. The policies on the left just are getting crazier and crazier. And it's hard to, it's hard to come up with. And maybe this is just my blindness because generally speaking, I agree with the right on more things, but it's, I don't see a lot of things different about what conservatism meant in well, so 1985 just, versus what let, it means. Right, today. Let's just say the abortion, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunate, unpleasant, 
but it needs to be safe and rare. That's the Democratic that's, position. That's Bill Clinton. That's yeah. Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. right? And now it's unapologetically that abortions are great. Abortions, mm-hmm. the more abortions we have, the better in the country. Uh, that we need, we're willing to, we're willing to bomb places that won't give abortions. We're willing to kill people who are unwilling to kill people. There's, I don't, have, have they bombed them? I know they've been spray painting them and that sort of fire thing. Firebomb, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's, so far, it's hardly, it's hardly, it's, it's hardly a story. Hi, folks. If you like Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill, and if you'd like to get an email reminder when a new episode is released, just go to pigweedandcrowhill.com. If you're on a desktop at the top right, you'll see a place to sign up. And if you're on your mobile, just scroll down. It'll be closer to the bottom. We're not going to spam you. We won't send you anything except notifications of new episodes. Thanks so much. So, uh, defunding police, open yeah. borders. Right. Is this, is this, 19, is this 90s uh, Democratic Party? No, absolutely not. Yeah. So I, it's, to me, it's very clear that the left has, has run to the left. Um, and then the, the gender trans. Yeah. You know, right. So, so I want to get, I want to get into causes. So let me, let me list a few of them me, here. Um, so one is that Congress and political parties lead the country in the Congress, that there's a, that there's a, uh, influence of both Congress and political party agendas that kind of guides their constituents to become more uh, polarized, more doctrinaire. That's one possible explanation. Um, another is people having an exaggerated faith in their grasp of a subject. I like this one because there is this problem of a lot of people believing that they know more about something than they really and do you, know. You, I, I say that could be, that's a combination of internet and talk radio. Yeah. So now, right now, just the average home housewife is an expert on a subject that maybe beforehand she'd have been like, mm, I don't know that much about it. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's I know all about this. Yeah, that's an issue. Landslide counties, gerrymandering, what we were talking about before, yeah. changes in religiosity. Yeah. It's it, you know the back thirty, forty years ago, there wasn't such a stark difference in church attendance between Democrats and Republicans. Now there is. So you have a a very big uh, distinction there. Uh, Media, and I have two parts to this one. First of all, the media is very strongly to the left. That's undeniable. That's part one. Part two is that the media discovered a little while ago that it's better to have a smaller group of very committed viewers than a larger group of not as committed viewers. And what that means is that pushes the media to go farther and farther to the left and farther and farther to the right because they get a much more committed group of mm. people who are, you know, stuck with that right. with that viewpoint. Uh, and then, of course, social media, which revo- rewards offense, offense taking, <laughs> hatred, nastiness, and, and all yes, that sort of and thing. social media also encourages tribalism. Yes, right where you. You know, you, you're pushing you're your on feed, this side. you're on, yes, yeah. you're, uh, 
you like this, you might also like that, right? So you're also you're all you're you're getting more and more of an isolated yes. view. Now all the I think there's something to be said for all of those, but my view is that it comes down to education. And what I mean by that is we used to believe that an educated person understood both sides. Ah, you, you, oh, know, I see. you used yep. you used yep. to say that if you're an educated person, then you understood why uh, this side said this and that side said that. Nowadays, we're educating yeah. people to believe that only one side should be allowed to speak. Yeah. That nowadays, you're not, it's not a virtue to understand the other side's position. Yeah. No, they don't, they don't even have a right to speak because they're racists and they're horrible and they're socialists and they're communists and whatever they right, are. Right. Get now, your hate speech off my campus. Yes, exactly. So what, 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 what is this, this this person that you want off the campus, what's his point? What's his position? Hate! Exactly. Right? Hate? Yeah, you yeah, don't know? They, you don't, they don't even know. And that's, that's, a, that's a childish, mm -hmm. ignorant way out, is yeah. to say you don't even understand the other... Well, imagine, for example, let's say you're talking to somebody and somebody says... I can't understand how anybody could vote for Donald Trump. Well, if you don't understand that, you're an idiot. <laughs> so you haven't take two seconds. To exactly. Have, why why like, haven't like you... Like 75 million people. Yeah. Why haven't you taken the time to figure that out? Right? right? Why haven't you expend, expended the intellectual energy to understand that not everybody who votes for Donald Trump is a, an <laughs> idiotic, hate, hateful moron... That there might be some intelligent people who, and, and you didn't, you didn't even spend the time to think about that. Yeah, and that's right. Which means you have already branded half the country the yeah. enemy. Yes, and uh, I think that's yeah. That's so the whenever, beginnings of polarization. Yes, and whenever somebody says, "I can't understand how anybody could blah," that should be that should be an admission. I'm a moral. I've not taken much time, have I? Exactly. I haven't really thought about this, right? right? But it's not. Hey, nowadays, what, it's... And what did... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, nowadays, it's it's almost like showing how virtuous you are in sa saying... By that your you lack of tolerance. By, by your <laughs> lack of tolerance. Yes, your lack of tolerance is a sign of virtue. No, it's not. It's a sign of ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the, uh, the Jonathan Haidt conclusion in terms of how... The two sides see each other. That you know the the people on the right can art, can articulate how the people on the left think, and they just think it's wrong. Yes, which is you know where while on the left they just can't understand why it's, any. It's what, a what, it's a fascinating uh, thing that he said. What yes. which is yes, yes. if you if you if you ask someone on the right, if you let's say you have take some moral issue. And you ask someone on the right to explain how someone on the left would view that moral issue. Yeah. They do a decent job of it. Yeah. But if you ask somebody on the right, left... And they would go, I just think they're wrong. Yeah, I, I think they're wrong, but this is how they would think. Yeah. But if you ask somebody on the left to describe how somebody on the right would view something, yeah. they, they suck at it. Yeah, they're they, terrible. They're, they're like, well, they're just awful people. Yeah, they're, they're Neanderthals. That's, I mean, that's all there is to it. Yeah. So it shows a complete moral failure, intellectual failure on the left to even be able to grasp the other side. And that's, that's part of what, what we're getting now is that the, the left, according to, this is not me saying this, this is Jonathan Haidt saying this, the left Social scientists. can't even understand yeah. what the right 
is saying or why they're saying it. Yeah. Which is why you get these kind of things like, I just can't understand how anybody... Well, that's because you're a moron. You just haven't taken the, the, the two seconds. So, yes. hold on. So, how, in, in the introduction, how did you divide... <laughs> yeah. Divide, we divided this up into uh, wh- how the gap exists. Right, yeah. And what does this refer to? So, yeah, so Ben Shapiro has this interesting commentary. What if polarization isn't really a problem? Mm-hmm. Which, which is an interesting question. Because basically what he's saying is, okay, yes, yes, we have this polarization. And a lot of people assume that because the polarization is the cause... But with, res- with respect to our, our, our view of government, mm-hmm. the, 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 the argument is that he's refuting is that our lack of confidence in our government is the result of this polarization. Yes, result. exactly. Right. right. Go ahead. And what he's saying is maybe that's backwards. Yeah, maybe that's backwards. Maybe, maybe what's really happening is because we're not following democratic norms, therefore we have this polarization. Right. And so what are these, what are these numbers here about uh, how we feel about each other? So just set up the, set up the polarization in terms of this, this article. Right? Yeah. So 78% of Biden voters believe that the Republican Party wanted to eliminate the influence of progressive values in America, while 87% of Trump voters believe that the Democratic Democrats wanted to eliminate traditional values. So basically, it's this mutual distrust going on. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's back and forth. And, and, and so he, the argument is the, the reason that we are starting to lose faith in government is because... We don't trust the other side. Right, like... If you give them, if if you give them power, first off, they're going to cheat to get power. Mm-hmm. And if you get them, give them power, they are going to subvert, you know, the the rule of law, in order to impose their to what do they say to uh, you know on one side to eliminate the traditional values or eliminate the progressive values, depending on who. So, but but Shapiro takes it a step deeper. Right. And says what it really gets down to is this question of your view of man. That the, the traditional conservative view of man is that man is uh, wicked yeah. and sinful right. and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that we have to have these structures to control that. Mm-hmm. And the liberal view of man is that man is infinitely malleable and can be changed. Right, so... If polarization isn't driving the undermining of norms, what is? Perhaps the answer is that the reverse is actually occurring. As we've abandoned democratic norms, we've come to despise our neighbors. Right, so we didn't despise our neighbors and then distrust the democratic norms. He's flipping it around. Right, we dis- we, we abandoned democratic norms, and because of that, we despise our neighbors. And it comes down to, as the way that he sees it, a fundamental... that. The fundamental view of human nature, yes, and that the that the the view of human nature adopted by the founding fathers was that uh, you know we're flawed, awful people rife with sin and corruption, and we need to build a government that acknowledges that. Yes, and that's why we have checks and balances. That's why we have. That's why we have the slow movement of government. That's why we. That's why laws need to take a long time to come into effect. That's why we're not that's pure what's... democracy or pure non-democracy. We have this mix. Everything's a mix. The the federal government versus the states. The country versus the city. 
the, right. the Senate that versus the, the House. Right, and that, that this humility that comes with the recognition of our flawed nature, mm-hmm. uh, that it, our unchangeable, flawed nature would result in a desire for liberty, and that high-level government would be hamstrung from cramming down its unitary form of virtue on a pluralistic society. Right. So, right, so you, say, you say, this: you limit the government's ability to say, I already, uh, we know what's right for everybody because they're just human beings too. The government is not, it's not anything other than... They're not angels, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. And you don't want to put that, the, that entity in the position of the church. So we're going to, <laughs> like that, hamstring the government and make it as difficult as it can. And so, but what we've had lately is this string of, uh, frustration at the high levels of government that they can't do exactly what they want as fast as they want it. And so that's what, that's where we get all of these uh, executive orders. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So what, here's, here's a good quote. And once we have agreed that the government ought to have the ability to fix all our problems, yeah. anyone who stands in our way becomes a heretic. Yes. yes. And that's what we're yes. seeing now. Yes. The, right. This is the, this is the bad idea from the beginning is that the government can, and ought to fix our problems. And the government's standing there going, give me more money and more power, and I will fix your problems. And the people that buy into that uh, are, are flying in the face of how the country has been set up, which is why they hate the way the country is set up. Yes. That's why, they, that's why they, you know, this, constitu- this stupid constitution is getting in our way, uh, the voting laws, the, the Senate... The, 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 the Senate the, is undemocratic. The Senate is un- yep. undemocratic. The Supreme Court... Is, is is not on my side, therefore it's illegitimate. You're illegitimate. And what they don't Voting recognize is illegitimate. What they don't recognize is that the founding fathers understood perfectly well all of this that the Senate was less democratic than the House. That was the point. Was yeah, that was the entire point. And, what do you, and think, people, what do you think? It didn't occur to them? Like, what do you how, think how did how did we not? How did we get to a point where people are going through grade school, middle school, high school, and not learning? That this is, this is the way our government was set up, and it was set up this way intentionally. Because we, we want to have a democratic function, but we also want to have a check on democracy. Because direct democracy is a very bad thing. Yes, and so when you start, if you look at the, the, the fundamental principle, like we said about the uh, immutable fallibility of man, mm-hmm. if, you come at it from the, if you come at it from the other side, you, you look at it, you see what? Yeah, so this is a quote. Instead, human beings are held to be entirely malleable creatures of circumstance who can be molded by a better system into their highest selves. Grant the right person with the right principles unending power, democratically or not, and watch virtue spring forth. <laughs> that's and that's good. That's, good. that's and, what we get. And that's what we get. And that is that is at the core of Marxism, which we used to universally reject in, in, in Kennedy's day, mm-hmm. and now we're like, yeah, there's something to that, right? Yeah. I mean, right. all you need is the right system in place, and you can fix man. Well, no dummies. This is the stupid idea that the, the horrors of communism were built on. Yes. So, yes, of course, if you had angels running the government, then uh, wouldn't that be lovely and everything would be yeah, great? The, the, uh, or Plato's benevolent dictator, yeah, who somehow is so the philosopher king, 
who is so smart that he knows what is best for everyone, and we will all be better off by yeah. just listening to him. Unfortunately, we don't have that guy. And it certainly isn't Sleepy Joe. We don't have one of those guys, <laughs> let alone a hundred or two hundred or three hundred of those guys. What we have to what we have to deal with is ridiculously flawed people yeah. who are bound to mess things up. And how can we like use these crappy people that we get in public service and somehow make something good out of it. Right, and so what Jordan Peterson says, we're creating a system that these idiots can't screw it up too badly before they get kicked out of office before the next bunch of idiots comes in. Yes. And that's the proper way to look at it. Not yes. like, oh my gosh, we are the ones we've been waiting for. We have finally <laughs> arrived to be the ones who can fix gosh. it all. Oh my gosh. Just here, I haven't heard that phrase I, I for a I, while. Every and it just, time every I time I hear it, I just say, oh, the arrogance. Oh we are the God. ones we've been waiting oh. for. Oh, and then just to have people fawning and fainting and weeping at the sound oh of that. Gosh. Like, oh my god, I really am special. You know, the, these, up, you, you know, you, you should, you really should have been going to confession once a week for the past 20 years <laughs> to get that out of your head. Yes, or just have heard the word humility. Yes, how about once that? Once in a yeah. while, just to say. <laughs> yes, so, this, so the point of it is that I think he's, he's saying that this fundamental view of man, whether or not we recognize it or not, is driving the polarization, mm. right? That, that we've that, lost, that we've basically, that we've lost the Protestant traditional view of, of the fallibility, the fallen nature of man. Yeah. And instead, we've replaced it with this idea yeah. that man can be fixed as long as we have the right institutions in place. Yeah. And, yeah. and so what that results in is, look, we've got the right program and if you're in our way, then you're horrible. And yes, well, uh, such 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 as uh, we have a pandemic on our hands. Shut up, get out of the way, and we will fix it. And half the people are going, "Yes, that's true." Listen to the government, do what they say, and they will solve our problems. And half the people are going, "You're out of your mind." Yeah. You don't know what's going on, and how can you say that only one view is allowed? And now, that, and once you get uh, government, the scientific community being paid by the government, and A the, academia, right, and the uh, pharmaceutical company making tons of money off of the government, all and and the uh, social media giants, all in lockstep, all in lockstep, then yes, you you get a the government can fix this problem unless you're... What, what, was the, what was the heretic line there, there, right? Oh, yeah. And once we have all agreed that yeah. the government ought to have the ability to fix all our problems, anyone who stands in our way becomes a heretic. Yes. So That's what you, we've if, seen. That's a, what we've seen yes, over the if, last if couple years. If you say, you know what? I don't really think I'm going to uh, inject my newborn with a vaccine. Well, you're banned. You're, you may lose your job. You're going to be kicked off of social media and... You're a heretic. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's totally religious terms. Yes. So let, let's anyway. let's, bring, let's bring this all back together again. I think I think what we're we're coming to here is that the reason that we're more polarized is because we've forgotten the basic Western view mm -hmm. of the nature of man, mm -hmm. and that we've we've slipped we've been slipping yep. progressively into a more Marxist view of the nature of man. 
of man as being perfectible yeah. and fixable by genius politicians with the right agenda. You say genius politicians? Yeah, I know. Isn't that stupid? I mean, just just even saying that should make you realize that. All right, so that's that. What do we got for uh, uh, man of the week? Well, the Japanese court. Japanese. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I, you know, <laughs> most of the news out of Japan recently doesn't say man of the week to me. But uh, what, yeah, what do you got? Soy boys. Soy but, boys and weird stuff. Yeah. But you know, for all their not having sex, soy boys. Uh, they're also not real big on the gay marriage. Is that right? They are not. And so it's the only country of the uh, the, the group of seven industrialized nations yeah. that does not recognize same-sex marriage. Interesting. How dare they? So it's been challenged by 14 same-sex couples filed lawsuits in five different cities. And uh, so far, two of them have come in. And uh, they said that no, be based on... Wait for it. Marriage is a relationship between a man and a woman. But what is a what? man? But what is a man and what is a woman? <laughs> I know it. So, yeah. it, so there you go, Japanese. Like, yeah, it's almost it's almost like uh, the what is a woman? Matt Walsh. He travel. He spends a year traveling around the world trying to get people to answer the question. He comes back into the kitchen. He says, "Hey, honey, I'm home. Uh, what is a woman?" She says, "Uh." An adult female human. <laughs> uh, well, there's that. Basically, could have saved himself a whole year. Yeah. But, uh, and how about marriage? What is that? Well, that's a man and a woman. Yeah. Yeah, they're, right. They're, there probably wasn't some long-winded argument here. They're just yeah. going, well, what, what are you asking? Now, do you want to have a relationship between two men and two women that confer all of the rights and privileges and misery <laughs> that marriage is? Okay, sure. We sure, do, do that. that. Just don't. It's not marriage. It's just not marriage. I yeah. mean, it's 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 its own thing, and it, you feel free. You want to declare your your faith to your I mean your your uh, commitment to some other person before God and all of your friends and family. Have a ceremony. Uh, be, get you, you know get uh, rights to the property and visitation, whatever it is. All all that stuff. You can have all of it. Doesn't make it marriage. Right? Doesn't make it marriage because marriage actually has a meaning historically. Now, some people will say we're just playing with words, but I don't think so. Because the the, it's not the, the Constitution. Problem, yeah, the problem the problem is that a lot of this foolishness that goes on today is precisely around words like what is a man, what is a woman, what is marriage, <laughs> what right? is a pronoun? Yeah, what is a pronoun? Exactly. So words matter, and you know, congratulations. You know, whether you agree with whether you agree with the Japanese or disagree with the Japanese, they are standing athwart history, saying stop. And that's uh, that's a manly thing to do. Okay, good job there, Japanese court. There we go. If you like Beer in Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill, please like it, share it, give us a good review, post it to Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.